0: Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of In My Humble Opinion. This is Jesse Tincher, joined by David Robinson. So, uh, this episode, we're just kind of, kind of briefly gonna go over um, some of like the top draft prospects that we like. Um, there, like, there's not a whole lot you know we could do like i wouldn't feel comfortable like kind of doing like a mock draft or something like that because uh free agency could massively impact um a lot of teams draft strategies um so i think it would just be more fun for us to talk about some guys that are um you know top prospects that people should keep their eye out for um because they'll definitely hear their names called on the first day of the draft. <clears throat> so, David, I have pulled up uh, PFF. They have like top fifty uh, draft prospects, and they have them right. I have the same one pulled up. <laughs> okay, uh, I I don't necessarily agree with
1: you know the exact order. Yeah, but I feel like that's also like you know how the orders go. Everyone's order is different, man. It's like everyone has like a different like different things they prioritize, and it's kind of hard because you're balancing ceiling with like potential, you know? Yeah,
0: you mean like floor and ceiling? Ceiling, yeah, ceiling and immediate production.
1: Yeah, like it's hard because like sometimes you're gonna take a guy who has a lower floor right now but has a greater ceiling. Like it just
0: depends. Definitely more common in, I would say, quarterbacks. And I don't want to say edge rushers, but I mean, that's. I would say edge rushers for
1: sure. I would even say, like, sometimes, like, linebackers and stuff like that, because guys that, like, have a crazy athletic ability but haven't put it all together, there's so much oozing potential, you know? Even sometimes at cornerback, that's kind of what we did, even though it didn't work out with Noah, like, so far, like, that was potential over, you know, anything.
0: Yeah, the guy was a freak athlete. I am pretty sure he like he started his career in college. Uh like I don't think he was on track and field, but uh he he was a receiver, right, initially at Auburn and then uh See,
1: he was in track and field, wasn't he?
0: I know his I know his parents were I think like his or at least his mom was like an Olympic uh athlete for uh, Nigeria or something like that. Um and then I, I'm pretty sure he started his Auburn career as a receiver. Um, and he got flipped to corner,
1: but yeah, oh, kids.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we'll kind of start off, uh, right. Uh, uh, the number one player on here is an edge rusher who I, uh, I think is starting like starting off this high because he has a higher floor. Um, and I think also pe- it's kind of recency bias. Like a lot of people are mesmerized by the, um, season that he put together, which was a great season. And, uh, it's Aiden Hutchinson. I, I I like Kayvon Thibodeau more. I, I think he got hurt by not playing a full season. And also like a lot of people kind of talk about it as like the East coast bias. Um, Cause the big media sources usually focus more on the East coast teams and kind of forget about the PAC 12 and um, Kayvon Thibodeau was like the number one guy, no question about it before the season started. Um, but he didn't have a spectacular year and he didn't play a full year. And uh, I think because of that, he wasn't constantly in the media and then they kind of forgot about him. And then Aiden Hutchinson had a fantastic year and he just jumped to the top. So like, if it were me, I'd have them flipped. But I think it's more to what you're saying. Of uh, He has a, a higher floor, um, so it's less likely for him to bust, but uh, not as likely for him to be like the next – Bosa brother or whatever right? Yeah
1: so I also just realized I have Pro Football Network opened up not PFF so it's a they have a different or they have Kayvon Thibodeau or however you say it. Thibodeau. Thibodeau Thibodeau whatever sorry no disrespect there but as one which I agree with Jesse I think Aiden Hutchinson agree could be a little recency bias you know Michigan's a, a better school than Oregon I would say to put out pass rushers, and stuff like that. I also would say, like, obviously, Aiden Hutchinson had a great season, especially in the biggest games. Thib- Thibodeau, or Thibodeau was hurt a lot. Kavon was hurt. You know, he hurt his ankle. He didn't have a bad year, though. Like, I feel like people act like he still had, like, seven sacks or something like that. You know, it's pretty solid. He's just a way better athlete, way more athletic, and I think the things that I Jesse knows, I feed off this. I love the draft. I love free agency. I read the most about the draft out of anyone that we know, I think, um, about him is that he's so fluid, and he has that bend you want as an edge rusher. He has that explosiveness. He has, you know, the mobility to get around the edge and do that, and that's what Aiden Hutchinson lacks. Aiden Hutchinson's just really is probably more polished, stronger, and stuff like that, but I think if you're gonna go with someone that like I think right off the rip, Kayvon's still gonna be good. I I honestly do truly think like you he goes to a solid situation with at least and another decent edge rusher, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna get you a decent amount of sacks. Just his athleticism alone adds like a whole nother level. I, I think it's I, I don't think you can really have Agent Hutchinson Hudson first. I think if you're doing that it's 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 just it's it just doesn't make sense, like in all honesty. Like like the only reason that you could say is like a little bit of recency bias and you may think that Kay hasn't put it all together and you're worried about that. But to me, like it's just it it's not as big as a risk as maybe some people are starting. I think people are starting to like realize that a little bit more, it looks like too. I also will say this. I don't even think I would take eight hundred Hutchinson over uh Kalaftis out of uh Purdue. Uh George Kalaftis, uh that's how you say it. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Yeah. Oh, George Karlaftis. He's an edge rusher at Purdue. He's also freak athlete, but he's 270 pounds, six four.
0: Probably move inside, unless he drops. 40. Yeah,
1: they're saying on short on short down on uh, third down he can move in the, move in. He's uh, he's nasty. He had some injury problems earlier in his career. He's he's really nasty. I I like him honestly. I like Aiden Hutchinson, too. I think the pass rushers at the top, like those three guys, some people have a Jobo from from Michigan pretty high up there, too, but I think there's a lot of quality pass rushers you can get in the first round this year, to be totally honest. Like, a Jobo, sorry. Yeah,
0: to, to like, put it in context, um, on this PFF article, I'm on Aiden Hutchinson's one, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau's four, and then – uh, Karlaftis is nine, um, and that's just overall um, prospect rankings. And then a lot of mocks have Aiden and Kevin Thibodeau going one and two, um, but like I like you said, I don't think at least those two to me, um, they're I think they'll be great players. Uh, I just think Thibodeau one has more potential, and I do think if you value I think his floor is being set too low because of the injuries like you said and because I feel like he didn't play like people forgot how good he was because he didn't play a lot this year like a lot of people don't remember that in the beginning of the college football season he was talked about to be in the like competition for like Heisman which ironically Aiden Hutchinson was in the the finalist right for this year yes yeah so like uh, they're both great players. I just think the athleticism uh, and potential pushes Thibodeau above. Um, but either way, uh, not. I don't think you could go wrong picking either one of those two. Karlaftis, to me, is just a little... There's a little more questions um, just because, like, he, he did play in a great... Um, a, a, I think the Big Ten's a, a, a great conference, so he did play good competition pretty regularly. Uh, it's just... Uh, it, it's kind of valuing that potential because really he only had what a year or two like that was like super noticeable you're just kind of going off raw talent like his athleticism that's pushing him up to be this high
1: yeah I mean yeah for sure I just think it's also like a guy that's 6'4 270 that moves the way he does you know it's pretty crazy
0: as a Dolphins fan um don't know if you necessarily want to rely purely on that uh just because the last he's not the last edge rusher we took but um i just remember vividly when we traded up to the third overall pick to take deon jordan uh from oregon because he was like a freak athlete had like a ridiculous body um like he was a he was a big bot, like tall he wasn't as big or like heavy as Carl Aftis but he was a freak of an athlete and uh yeah we traded up for him took him that guy played like three games in Miami because he like he couldn't stop smoking
1: yeah that was that was a shit show
0: <laughs> but uh we'll we'll keep we'll keep going down I'm gonna I'm gonna go off my list you could kind of or the list I have in front of me you could um you know kind of input what you have um I like this guy a lot I don't I think I would have the two and three on this list flipped. Um, But two on this list is Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. Um, Perfect body, uh, 6'4", 220. Uh, Like, especially, like, to play kind of how um, a lot of these up and— I don't want to say up and coming, but, like, a lot of these safeties that are becoming more prominent— Uh, where they're kind of like tweeners where they could drop back into coverage and, and, you know, stay with a big tight, like be physical, stay with a big tight end as well as like play receivers and then get up into the run game and blitz. Uh, Kyle Hamilton has a nice frame for that. Um, So I think that 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 could uh, definitely be a benefit for a lot of teams. Uh, David, I don't know how you feel about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only thing is I feel like he's been a little banged up from time to time, so that would be the only concern. But, yeah, I mean, from what I've seen and what I've read, you know, whatnot, not, he's supposedly very good at covering. Obviously, he's very athletic, you know, played at Notre Dame, a great school under Kelly. And, you know, Freeman learned a lot, played there for a while, had great, like, played great for numerous years. Uh I mean, as long my opinion is, if you're going to drop to safety that high, he's got to be able to cover, which is what I've read, what I've seen, what I've you know, when I watched him play, he looked really fluid, really good. Obviously, super tall, super long. Not not scared to hit, which everyone likes. I think as long as he's able to cover effectively, it's worth the pick. So that's where you have to judge it. Like to me, if like you can't cover, you shouldn't be drafted that high. Uh,
0: yeah, um, I agree. And like I said, like these, are, it's just like pure. Um... Like just graded value of the player, it's not um, mock draft. So like um, they like there's just a yeah they have the top four picks on their mock and he's not listed in the top four. Um, but yeah, I I agree with what you said. The next person who I would probably put above him because I think the position is. I don't think it's more valuable than a safety, um, but it it's. A lot of teams lack having this, and they have to kind of play different type of coverages to make up for not having a, um, a shutdown corner. It's Derek Stingley Jr. Um, the guy's just a monster. Uh, like I, I think if he if he was able to come out last year, he would have been a first rounder last year as well. Um, the dude's the dude's a beast.
1: Yeah, my only issue with him is another guy's kind of been banged up a lot in all honesty and i think he was still really good but he had such an amazing freshman year i i think it was so hard for him to replicate and i don't think he was as good kind of a lot because of injuries but obviously the guys can cover he showed that as a freshman that doesn't just go away he's super athletic got the height and length you want made plays on balls, like good stuff of that. As long as he can stay healthy, definitely worth the pick.
0: Yeah. I I agree. And uh he he's like on he's listed as the the fourth pick on this mock to the Jets.
1: Yeah. I mean I think people have slept on him a little bit. Some people really like Andrew Booth over him. I don't see that. I think Stingley's better than Booth um, from Clemson. I just, I don't know, man. I think drafting corners in the top 10 is just a scary, scary thing in general. I wouldn't draft a corner top five, I don't think, unless I was sold, sold on them. And I think Stingley, I just, I wouldn't draft them top five personally just because of the injuries. Top 10 maybe, but not top five.
0: Fair enough. Um, Yeah, four is Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, this is where it's going to start getting a little interesting. Uh, they have five through seven, or tackles.
1: Oh, let me let me guess. Evan Neal, Charles Cross, and then Ike Ikenowu.
0: Not in that order, but yes.
1: I bet it's Evan Neal, then it's Ike, then Charles Cross. No. Really? Is it Ike, Evan Neal, then Charles? No. What? What's the order?
0: Charles... No shot. Charles Cross, Icom, Iquan, Iquanowu, and Evan Neal.
1: Really? Most people have fucking um, Evan Neal being the first guy taken. So,
0: Which, hold on. Yeah, uh, so on the mock, they have the Texans at three taking uh, Evan Neal.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, every mock I've seen so far. Evan Neal's just like a freaking beast. He's like, what, six, seven, 360 big old boy athletic his dad obviously was lorenzo neal i'm pretty sure who played fullback in the nfl i don't know if you knew that jesse a little, little sick drop
0: yeah i uh, did not know that um i i feel like there's so many like common names i'm always like wait a minute is that that person like uh anthony mcfarlane jr on the steelers i'm like wait is that little booger like booger mcfarlane like because they have the same name but it turns out they're not related
1: He's not Booker Jr., he's Anthony Jr., jeez. <laughs> no, but uh, I'll just go through my thing real quick. Yeah, so Evan Neal, I think, is just the safest pick. Six 360, can't really coach that, has a pedigree. with like Lorenzo, Neal being his dad, as I just said. And then, you know, obviously Alabama, you know, they put a bunch of talent out there, a bunch of five-stars, so being someone that starts there quite a bit, it's pretty impressive. Even if they're not superstars in the NFL, they all seem to have, like, pretty solid careers. And then he also moved around on the O-line, which I think everyone likes. So I think he's just the safest pick. I personally really like Ike a lot. I think, for, for me, he would be the guy I would like. Because everyone's saying Neil's going to go first, so I'm just assuming that's what's going to happen. And then for me, uh, Ike, or Ikem, or whatever you want to call him, I just call him Ike, it's easier to know it. He's just nasty, super athletic tackle. Really, they said he's amazing in the run game. Super physical, got a ton of potential. He's just got to work on his improvement as a technician in the pass game. But he's nasty. He's played guard and tackle. So, like, I I really like that. And then Charles Cross is the best, um, I think, out of all of them as a pass protection. That's what I've read about him. That He's really good in pass protection. So, and that's not saying he's bad in, you know, the run game. But he's also really athletic, good technician. I, I think just playing at Mississippi State, he got a little overshadowed. He could definitely go high. But yeah, I I really I really like Ike the best, but I think Evan Neal is the safest pick, and you can't teach that size and pedigree.
0: Yeah, um, that all makes sense to me. Um, I actually like just pulled up like a Mel Kiper's mock draft just to like have something to reference uh, to like kind of give a position um, where these people are kind of expected to go, and my God, um, not a fan of Mel Kiper's draft. I'm being 100% honest with you
1: yeah I've always liked Todd McShay better personally
0: so he's got Evan Neal first Aiden Hutchinson Kyle Hamilton Ike Kavon Thibodeau then the first corner he has off the board at six Ahmad Sauce Gardner
1: a lot of people like him
0: (laughs) I, I I can't I really I really can't like I I understand like what he did and what he has done, but you don't play like remotely close to top tier talent every week. I don't get like why. Like, I don't. I didn't think he was a freak athlete when I watched him. Like, I, 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 I don't. I hate it. I absolutely hate it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know, man. Corners are so weird. I feel like they always go up and down. I think Stingley, you could just, it's just people don't really know.
0: Yeah. He, so the second corner he has off the board is Stingley at 10.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. Mostly everyone I've, what I've seen has been Gardner or Stingley, is what I've been seeing going. F- I just the two hate top it. Corners. I,
0: see, on on PFF, their number eight rated uh, player or like, um, draftee is Trent McDuffie, um, which. Uh, again, like, but Washington pumps out defensive players. Yeah,
1: I, I like and I like Trent McDuffie, but he's like kind of undersized. I think.
0: Yes, five eleven, but like
1: Sauce Gardner six
0: two. Yeah, but I mean, Not that a,
1: height's everything. I think that's overrated. The Pac twelve
0: wow. is definitely a significantly better conference than the American, uh, okay. but but. I I just, like, trust and, like, the prestige from Washington who has a history of pumping out defensive players. And, like, I have a thing where, like, I don't hate guys from, like, less prestigious schools. I just don't trust it. So I do not – like, you. I don't want to, like, take that risk in the first round because that, like – it's kind of – it's not the same as fantasy football. Um, But it's, like – you can't win your your like leagues in the first round, but you could lose them. Like, yeah, I I I just I, I just hate these like, example, guys. Example: the
1: Las Vegas Raiders.
0: Yeah, Alex Leatherwood, the f- trash.
1: No, Cleland Farrell. Mm. Especially when you just think it was Klein. For yeah, like time.
0: Cleland. Yeah, he he's also pretty trash. But like, I like I I I just hate it. Um, that's also going to be my issue with um. All right, I'm gonna have to find this dude the The guy from North Dakota State, the receiver that like a lot of people are falling in love Watson. with
1: Watson. Watson.
0: Uh, yeah, I think his last name's Watson. I'm trying to find him.
1: I know you're talking about the tall, tall. He's like tall, right? He's like yeah. Six yeah, a lot of people like that guy.
0: Yeah, and I like. All right, so I, PFF doesn't have him rated as. Remotely close to the first round, but I like. Um, Brandon was sending me stuff about him the other day, and and I was not about it.
1: Okay, this th- Pro Football Network sucks. These ratings are terrible. I haven't even heard about this guy. They have at twenty
0: three. <laughs> well, let me see who it is. Trayvon uh, Walker. KF.
1: No, 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 P no, it's on Pro Football Network. It's worse. Bro, they have some they have the co- safety from freaking Georgia. Lewis S- Kine or Sign?
0: Yeah, seen, seen. I think it's pronounced Seen. I
1: have not seen that guy on anyone's first round draft. So how the f is this guy at 23?
0: He's actually pretty nasty. He's a he's a thumper.
1: Dude, on this one, they have Kyler Gordon from Washington one ranking above Trent McDuffie.
0: I okay, so let let me get back to that. So, um, yeah, I don't read the art. Like, I don't read a bunch of articles. Um, he I'll, doesn't read, guys. Yeah, I'm illiterate, actually. So, I was uh, driving around and listening to like the local sports radio, and they brought in, um, like, I so I live in Denver, so close to the West Coast. They brought in like a uh, he was like a former scout for like the Broncos organization, and they had him like give. Some guys that he's really high on that are, you know, possibly background, like back end first round guys. McDuffie was one. And then, um, now I just blanked the dude you just said from Washington, the other guy from Washington, Tyler Gordon. Yeah. He, he liked Gordon as well. And he said, like, both of them could potentially go in the first round. Um, one, because of the prestige of the, of Washington's defensive program. Um, and two, like, the, a lot of teams potentially will need uh, secondary help, so they they think that um, and and this is a pretty loaded secondary year, so they think that uh, that there could be you know five six corners taken in the in the first round.
1: No shot. What? I have not heard that actually.
0: Yeah, uh, it was actually a couple weeks ago that when I, heard I
1: feel that. Like- I feel like in this first round, you're going to see a ton of O-linemen, pass rush, and corners taken.
0: Yeah. What, what? Why does that surprise you, then, if you just said a ton of corners?
1: Well, I'm saying corners now because of what you're saying, but I really don't think anyone's that good. Like, at corner, like, I agree with you. I think a lot of these corners, even Derek Stingley, when I've seen where he's been going, it's, like, late top ten, like... Early teens ish. Yeah, but then <laughs>
0: think about the back end of the of the first round. It's a lot of teams in the playoffs who need corner help.
1: That's fair. I just don't think just because you have a need doesn't mean you have to jump on it. Sometimes you take the best available. I, I, and I feel like corner is real easy to miss on. If Chiefs but don't
0: if Chiefs don't try to smack one, I, I'd be pretty pretty upset. Fair.
1: Well, they need to smack one because they should. Booty and Tyron Matthews is a free agent.
0: Yeah, let's let's go after let's go I'm going to like completely ditch well, not completely ditch the list, but I want to talk about receivers cuz um So you got Drake London is the top one on on PFF. Agreed. Uh then Garrett Wilson. No, don't, don't agree. Uh, James, Jameson Williams, who I I actually like a lot. Yeah, uh Chris course yeah, I know. I know the ACL, but, like, if, if a team could get him, like, in the back end of the first and, like, let him, like, recover, uh, I would like I, – I I like him a lot. I, I, I just he's, – he, he's just so talented. Like, he's a freak. Uh, Chris Alave is the next one who I like, but it's, like, it's situational. Uh, Traylon Burks that's my boy. Yeah, he's been See this
1: underrated.
0: one. I don't even know if you could consider him underrated anymore cuz a lot of people
1: they have him going at the end of the first round. I feel like, dude, I would I trust him more than I trust Jameson Williams. I don't care what anyone says.
0: Wow. Um okay. Uh I just like First off, their quarterback couldn't throw the ball this year at all.
1: And he still was nasty. So that like, stats were good too.
0: I know, I know, but like, it it, it like, I don't want to say it's like it 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 makes me nervous when you're on a team that consistently like you know runs the ball more and then like you I I didn't watch a whole lot of Arkansas. I just know their quarterback wasn't like I knew they run they ran it a lot.
1: Yes,
0: and it was like a, like almost it wasn't a triple option, but it was. Like a, It was a very heavy RPO, but run-based offense. And to catch teams off-guard frequently on a play-action, it doesn't surprise me for you to get big chunk plays. I know he has a big frame. He's a big guy. Um, I I am just a little more nervous because it's like, well, maybe it's... I don't know. Maybe you look better in a certain situation. I do... I'm not saying he's not a first round talent. I, I do like him. Um i just I just have questions.
1: Yeah, but you also can't you argue with Jameson Williams, tore the ACL. <laughs> didn't mm-hmm. do well at Ohio didn't like get to play much at Ohio State. And then John Menchie, everyone was like, he was the real security blanket. Like Jameson Williams was like the home run threat. Like the big deep guy. John Menchie was the one that did all the other stuff, basically. And you got it's Alabama and they had the Heisman Trophy winner.
0: True, but uh when when uh Jamison got hurt in the the championship game that like cause he he stepped in and um I don't want to say Cuz Mechie was hurt too. I know, but he like he was able to carry a heavy load of that receiving work with Mechie out and then like when Jamison got hurt it was nothing. Absolutely nothing.
1: Well, yeah, clearly they had only two really good receivers all year. Like, I mean, did you ever hear about anyone else?
0: Yeah, the white dude.
1: Oh, Slade Bolden. Yeah, he was playing pretty well too. He was actually
0: pretty nice in the the championship game. I'm just kidding, but yeah, those those were the only. T- well, they had that uh, the freshman who was freaking nasty. The
1: G Ajayi Hall.
0: I th- yeah, he played a lot in the championship game when uh, Jameson went down. He was supposed to be nasty, but apparently he was. He's not a good character guy.
1: Yeah, apparently you can't catch that one either.
0: Yeah, I mean we'll see. That's why I wanna see the Combine. Um we he which, won't be there. Whoa, whoa, hold up. So earlier like before we were recording we were talking and uh the a bunch of like reports were coming out that the players were gonna um like boycott. boycott that's the word. They're gonna boycott the combine. Um because of yeah the the restrictions related to it whatever um but it just came out that a bunch of the agents who were rep- uh, reportedly going to endorse the holdout uh or like uh boycott a bunch of them are like now coming forward saying that they don't want them to boycott the combine i personally don't think it's the smartest thing for them to do that
1: definitely helps that definitely helps you know guys that um at smaller schools or guys that didn't play as much you know as other guys or guys trying to improve their draft stock for sure or prove some uh naysayers wrong obviously like it's good for those guys but like to me like come, Kayvon going there doesn't do much for his draft stock Right. Even Hutchinson no like a lot of those guys no Evan Neal not really like it just depends on who you are and what you want to prove like the only reason I think Kyle Hampton would want to go is to run a fast ass 40 but even that's not like a deal breaker. yeah
0: you, you could also do that your pro day
1: yeah exactly and I think pro days have become way more prominent
0: well, uh, just so it's
1: want to be more of a comfortable situation
0: so for me the, the issue is more with the like the guys who are like you know considered to be like a uh, back-end first round guys because like there is a there is a difference money-wise and also con- like contract-wise uh being drafted in the first round and not being drafted in the first round and then uh, obviously like guys like in like five six seven like that are projected like around that area uh like rounds you want you want to be like at the combine to like solidify yourself getting drafted yes being drafted doesn't guarantee you like a spot on the roster or anything but it definitely uh has it's not a great investment but it is an investment from a team um and and at i depending on what pro day you go to like what school you go to uh you can get like you know representatives from all 32 teams but like depending on if you're a smaller school guy um or you go to like a like a a pro day where there's only a couple of guys who are expected to be drafted. You may not get a representative from all 32 teams. So it really narrows down the pool of teams that are looking at you. I just think for the most part, the pro day is there to help the players. Um, I know it's kind of outdated and whatnot, but it, it is a good place for you to show off your talents with a mass group of people there Um, And David kind of mentioned it traditionally, like you're able to talk to the staff um, and and personality is a a part of what some teams look for when drafting. And uh, the COVID restrictions are kind of diminishing that, but you could still interact with people.
1: I agree. I mean, I, I, I see exactly where Jesse's coming from on this. I think boycotting it is very extreme, especially because we know the situation, the conditions, you know. Like, I think they're just trying to protect people and be smart and this and that. So, I mean, I can't really be too mad about that. I'm glad the agents are coming out and saying some stuff about it because I don't think it's a necessary thing. I don't don't really think it really solves anything either. But we'll see what happens, man. I mean, the combine's a combine. It's a tradition. Me and Jesse talked about this outside the podcast a little bit. Just, uh, I think it's a little outdated. They should update some of the drills, change some of the drills, maybe add some new stuff to it. Because I think some stuff isn't really like that conducive you know, to being a good football player. It really is just like truly just like kind of generic testing in all honesty in a lot of ways. But we'll, we'll see what they decide to do here. I mean, I don't think it's – I think people, a bunch of people are going to show up. Like I said, especially those guys that have stuff to, they want to prove guys that want to help their draft stock, lesser-known guys, guys that went to smaller schools, guys or guys that didn't get to play a ton in college due to injuries or just not having a big enough role and this and that. Those guys are definitely going to go. like, Because you want to look as good as you can get as much exposure. As you like, you, like Jesse said as well, great point. Not every school has a massive pro day. So unless you go to someone else's pro day, which they have to allow you to, you may not get the same type of coverage as you would at the combine, nowhere near. So I, I I totally get where Jesse's coming from on that. I think it's a little ludicrous as well. It's definitely an overreaction by the player, by the people involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting. The more, you know, the closer we get to the timing, I'm sure things will change. Um. And. Yeah, there's still going to be big name guys, but I also wouldn't be surprised if uh, guys like. Like you said, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, like the 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 guys who are solidified, you know, top ten picks. Um, it's not it's not gonna make a huge difference on on their draft, but uh, for the most part, I think pretty much everyone else should partake. For for
1: sure, for sure, uh, definitely. Like, you know, guys. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like I don't think guys like Derek Stingler or Drake London who are coming up have kind of injury like seasons or like like drake letting off the bad ankle injury they're gonna be there obviously for injury purposes but yeah i would say guys like you know projected to go maybe the the mid to latter half the first round definitely have a lot of, a, a lot of reason to be there or even early second round because it can definitely push you up the board and make you a lot more money mm-hmm. yeah and let's be honest everyone wants to get paid more if
0: they can Oh, for sure. And then, yeah. And, like, I insinuated to it. But there is, like, um, you get the, the team option uh, if you're taken in the first round where you could potentially get a fifth year on your contract.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, I would want less years on my rookie contract, personally. At least if I thought it was going to be nasty. Yeah,
0: I mean, it, it it's a double-edged sword, like you said. Like, if you if you're... If you're betting on yourself and you're going to be nasty, you do want the, the, um, you know, four-year contract because then you could sign a, another one quicker. But like, who, like, well, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, what if you get hurt and you miss like a, a, a year or you miss a little more than that, um, and you you just haven't put enough on the table to justify that fifth year, and then you have to sign a a bad contract.
1: For sure, it's a double-edged sword. I think you know, there's good, there's good and bad both ways. I mean, end of the day, man, you want security, so I, obviously I wouldn't be against it, but, like, you know, depends on how confident you are in yourself, I guess, a little bit as well. But, yeah, man, I think me and Jesse are kind of in agreement on that, and I think we're both really excited for the draft. You know, I know I get really, really, really into it, Jesse can attest to that, he's seen me. I think as we get closer, we're going to see, you know, what, what's pot, what's being spoken about with free agency, what happens with the combine pro days, what's speculation going on this and that. And as well as like, you know, I think there could be some trades, like not just draft picks, but like possible quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. I think quarterbacks are going to be the, the main um, pieces thrown around for whether it's for draft picks by themselves or, um,
1: Players included with draft picks. Yeah,
0: well, yeah. So what I meant like was, uh, you know, for uh, people trading picks and/or players for a a current quarterback in the NFL, or trading um, you know draft capital or players for positions like higher positions in the draft to draft a quarterback.
1: For sure. Obviously, we all know the kind of the names: Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy G, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Some people throwing around Kirk Cousins. I don't really think that one's that much, but all those guys definitely have names that have been thrown around. Definitely, any of them to be traded. I don't really see. I, I see Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins staying. Personally, that's my personal opinion. I see possibly Russ or Sean being traded. Uh, I don't see the point of Russ being traded unless you're gonna start over. But I definitely see Watson and Jimmy G being traded. Obviously, Jimmy G being the definite one. I think out of all quarterbacks being traded.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, hopefully, we get more stuff to work off of the next week. Uh, if not, um, we let's you know what. Let's do this in honor in honor of March Madness. Let's start doing college football or college basketball next week just to prepare ourselves, because first off, I need to uh, prepare myself because I'm I'm not too caught up on it, so I could fill out my bracket to the best of my ability, but um, to also help everybody else who who ends up wanting to do that.
1: I got Kentucky winner at all. All
0: right, well, we'll see. Um, But everyone, thank you for all the love and support. We appreciate all of it. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IMHO Sports Pod. Give us a like and a follow. Um, David, anything else you want to say?
1: Thanks, guys, for listening. So for the people that do listen, please share and spread the word and let us know what you want us to talk about, as always, man. Thank you.
0: Yep, of course. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you guys next week about some college basketball.